0: California Senate passed what some are calling is the gold standard in net neutrality bills. It could soon be illegal for restaurants to give you a plastic straw lest they face a $1,000 fine and a student loan debt crushing the nation. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. You're listening to the California Streaming Podcast with Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're just three conservative friends trying to provide some counterbalance in one of the most liberal states in the union. So hop on our magic choo-choo train to nowhere, and let's talk some California politics. Good evening, guys. Episode three. Hey, everybody. We're working it. How's everybody doing?
1: I'm doing excellent. Uh, However, we had this election, and I really don't want to talk about it.
2: We're in morning.
1: Morning. Definitely morning. (laughs) Awesome. Who did you select for for senator? Was it one of the 30? I
2: threw a dart at the board and I marked that name. I didn't even pick a senator.
1: It's not and, like they represent us anyway, right? Uh, no, right. Yeah. Not worth it.
2: And I couldn't even tell you today what they're believing let alone what they'll believe tomorrow. So, no, of course not. We got a ton to cover today, guys. It's true. So let's dive in. Topic number 1. Net neutrality bill passes the state senate in California. Tell us what that means. So let's let's back up for a second, and let let me read to you a definition of net neutrality, so that everyone's on. Yeah, the Yeah, because I don't picture.
0: think a lot of people even know what it is. You right, see it's it all over the internet. But, but I'm like, I'm for it. I'm against when, yeah, it. Sounds great. Techies.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Is the internet neutral or not? Right. Look, net neutrality. Net neutrality is the idea that broadband companies can slow down or block access to the internet nor can they pick and choose which content can get speedier access to customers. The legislation not only transforms the FCC's 2015 net neutrality rules into California law, but it also bars internet service providers from offering sponsored content, zero rating, or other deals that could provide an economic incentive to broadband companies to discriminate
0: against content writing on their networks. So just to kind of sum it up for our listeners, This prevents your internet provider from slowing down your internet connection or displaying certain content and blocking other content. Right, based
2: on what you want to access. Right, right.
0: so when we hear about uh, people getting rate limited at home or uh, their internet starts slowing when they reach a certain amount of gigs used, this would prevent that.
2: Right, that's right. And again, we're talking about this on a state level. Right, so the FCC, what was it, a year ago? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, six RG, nine months yeah. ago. Yeah, um, technically, undid the the net neutrality laws that had been put in place, as I referenced in the FCC 2015. Right, and so now California is coming in and saying, "Well, we want to quote unquote protect the people in our state uh, from the big bad uh, ISPs, and so we're going to implement." our own set of rules.
1: I always look at this and I go, okay, follow the money, follow the money. And what does California have a lot of tech companies? Debt. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, That too. Uh, we have a lot of tech companies around here and they employ a lot of people. So these companies tend to stem, uh, to tend to benefit a lot from these net neutrality laws. No longer can they be slowed down, uh, by the monopolistic, uh, ISPs. So we're, we're looking at it and we're going, okay. Uh, who, uh, Facebook, we got YouTube and Google and and all these, uh, all these other, uh, major content
2: providers, a lot of which content takes a lot of bandwidth.
1: They sure do. And so they want to push their content onto, uh, the consumer and thus get a free ride out of it. Now, who uses the most internet? It's not you, me, and everybody, but we're the beneficiaries of these things. Netflix, back in 2015, was outed as having used more than a third of all the internet. More than a third of all the internet—that I means insane. So they're 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 streaming all their movies and all their TV content, and and they want a cheaper way to provide their service to the people. Now, uh, fast forward to today and Netflix is already the most valued media company in the world. Yeah. I think it surpassed Disney on, uh, uh, on the stock exchange. Yeah. That's, that's really saying something. So if they're the most valued, that means that they got some deep pockets. Now, I speak as someone who actually cut the cord. I didn't want to uh, continue to getting my TV service from any of the major providers anymore. I, I was tired of paying, what, $120 or whatever it is in your area for uh wonderful HD service. The, uh, the bundled the package. The bundled package. I was tired of paying that. I wanted... Uh, a different way of paying for my television viewing experience. And I won't say what company I'm with, but it provides a, quite a um, uh, a basket of different channels of which I'm already accustomed to. Well, and you could probably pick and choose the channels you want exactly. instead of getting a million channels you don't even watch.
2: But the critical point, right, mm-hmm. you need the internet I for need that to the work. the internet
1: for it to work. That's right. So I as a consumer, use a lot of bandwidth for my internet. My ISP knows that. They know how much internet I'm using because it comes through the wall and they know. So they have a tiered system already in place. And this was before net neutrality, after it was reeled. And now we're talking about uh, it's coming back again. So they don't care whether it was net neutrality is instituted or not. They provide a service, and I consume that at a certain rate.
2: Yeah, I think it's, boy, there's a lot of issues baked into this one, right? And, that, and, and you're kind of touching on one that, from a high level, segmentation is already occurring, right? If I want uh, most of these packages that get offered by ISPs, and for the most part, I don't know the breakdown. But I think it's fair to say when we say ISPs these days, we pretty much mean cable company providers, right? Right. I mean, DSL is another technology that's out there. Some people also receive their internet from local wireless providers, but those are more niche, especially the wireless providers. So when we talk about ISPs, I think it's fair to say we're talking cable companies. Cable companies already segment you, right? If you want a, a higher data cap, if you want faster speeds, You've got to pay more. Now, I I understand there's more nuances to it than that, that that's that's not the whole issue. But it is funny to me that, that segmentation's
0: already occurring. People don't have a problem with that. I think, but one thing that's interesting is that, and they haven't figured out a way to do it, but guaranteeing you get the bandwidth and the speed you're paying for. And I think that's kind of one of the problems with the internet right now with cable companies is you pay for like a 150 megabit plan and you're paying, you know, 60 bucks a month for it. And that's supposed to be better than the hundred megabit plan. That's 40 bucks. But at any time you do a speed test, you're not getting anywhere near the speeds. And so then it's, well, where's the speed occurring? Is that when it leaves the the service station or when it hits the box in the neighborhood or when it hits your, your, your property? when, when, where is that speed being calculated and how do we guarantee that I get that speed whenever I want because I'm paying for it? Not, well, it's an average of uh, you know, when everybody's at work at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday.
2: It's an interesting point And, you know, cause I, and we'll probably get to this a little bit more later, but when this debate comes up in this discussion about net neutrality, right? A big factor of it is always talking about our, our cable companies, utilities, right? But you're bringing up an interesting point, I think, in that, When you talk about a power company, right, the product is pretty universal, right? I mean, there's no bandwidth. There's no... uh, Well,
0: and you're paying for what you've used. Correct. That's right. You're not paying for certain speed. That's right. It's binary. The power is
2: on. I'm using it, or the power is off. Cable, internet, different websites. I struggle for a... uh, 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 Similar example with whether it be water, whether it be power. I was thinking water, but but how would that?
0: How is that being segmented? You're actually right? paying for two things with internet. You're paying for the speed, your megabits, and then you're paying for your usage of it because most have some kind of data cap or tiers after a certain amount of data. Some say you have unlimited data, but obviously net neutrality is existing because that's not necessarily true. Same thing with your wireless carrier, your cell phone. You're paying for the amount of data you use. And well, with your wireless, you're not paying for speed. You're always on 4G LTE, hopefully. So it would be like with your water, paying for the amount of water you consumed and uh, this, the pressure at which you received it at. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you don't. You just pay for how much you consume. Again, you pay for it after the fact. It's like getting gas at a gas pump. I used 10 gallons. I pay 10 gallons with your internet you're paying you're paying for your speed and that's the big number that's always kind of hawked on the website that's that's the that's
2: how you're being segmented yeah, that's, how, that's you're how you're
0: being segmented. segmented but it's almost like everybody should get full speed and then pay for the amount you used but it should be at a very reasonable rate Because if you're going to pay $10 a gig, that's going to
1: get out of hand really quick. Well, let me throw this to you guys and see what what you think about this. Because uh, the internet service providers, ISPs, they are the cable companies. And in most cases, they are the monopoly. When we think of net neutrality, we can quickly associate it with the data usage that we do on our phones. And we're more than happy, well, not happy, with the limitations that they put on our phone data usage. Now, all the companies are, are, are touting unlimited service, unlimited service, but they have a, a restriction. But in the case of the ISPs, they're usually a monopoly.
2: Sorry, one comment, though. I would argue that a certain element of that, the reason we don't mind the data caps that they put on our cell phones, because our cell phones have a little thing in them called a Wi-Fi antenna. So when we're in someone's house, when we're at work, it switches to that. So we use a lot of data, but back onto the ISP's backbone, not necessarily the wireless providers. Right, and,
0: and the iPhone, I'm not, I don't know much about the Android, but a lot of the services on the iPhone, you can have it only do them when you are on Wi-Fi.
2: Right. I, s- sorry, Bobby. I, it was just a point, though, that, that does skew it a little bit in terms of the,
1: the but, but Verizon let me, but and But let AT&T. me get into It's competition. You have yep. AT&T, yes. Verizon, the whole bit. Uh, but now, upcoming is we're going to have 5G. Right. And this is going to be a direct competitor to the uh, the the current status quo of the ISPs and how fast they can deliver their Internet services to the masses. I mean, it's going to be almost on par. Uh, am I wrong in that?
0: I still find it fascinating that in 2018 we're paying for gigabytes. Like... You mean on cell phone service just in general right that we're paying for these fictitious data points that are drops in a bucket for your internet service provider when you can you can go out and you can buy a four terabyte hard drive for 200 bucks like data is cheap these days and bandwidth so that, that
2: i feel like it's all super cheap so then that brings up i mean the natural place is this conversation ultimately goes anyways is it isn't part of the reason for that the fact that you mentioned a four terabyte hard drive being cheap because i I can
0: i know i'll get i'll get i'll get comments about a hard drive is not this i understand uh, that but 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 just data is cheap
2: but part of that though i'm gonna piggyback on that for a second
0: part of that is because i can buy
2: a toshiba a western digital an hgst a seagate right i have options in that space and bobby Is the one who mentioned earlier when he said the little caveat, oftentimes, most of the time, I
0: would say in the area that you're in for your ISP, you get one. Right. And this is going to be the dichotomy we play with this, as we've discussed off the air, that. The capitalist side is the ISP is a company and they should be able to kind of write whatever rules they want. And if you don't want to play ball with those rules, you can opt out. You're not in that contract. Well, you could be in that contract for a couple of years, depending on the oh, conditions well you did, yeah. of your subscribership, Right. But I think the hard part of making that argument in this case is that you don't have an option to go anywhere. And oftentimes your only option is something way inferior. Like I can only get Internet from my cable provider. And if I don't want that, I need some satellite based internet provider that sucks. I can't just go from Comcast to Uverse to whatever, because normally there's some kind of exclusion
1: agreement in that area. I want to come back and I want to address the way they're bringing it up and explaining it to the people. And Burger King came out a little while ago and they were trying to explain net neutrality. To people trying to buy a burger. John, play that clip.
2: It's on the the menu right there with the fast, medium, and slow. Slow MBPS, fast MBPS, or hyper fast MBPS.
1: MBPS, of course, standing for making burgers per second. So
0: if we want a whopper now, we have
1: to pay $26. Well, that's that's how you get it fast. That's the highest priority. This is
2: just lunacy. This commercial bugs me so much.
1: I just wanted to. Strangle somebody and go, no, here's the end-all, be-all of this argument. I could have walked across the street to the McDonald's Thank and you. bought a cheap hamburger, Thank their you. direct competitor.
2: Burger King would have gotten away with a $27 Big Mac for about two seconds. Um, a, a Whopper for about two seconds.
0: Right, because the market would have dictated what the cost should be.
2: And so there, that goes back to your point, Louis. And that's where depending on how you look at this issue, it's almost like it's an issue or it needs to be addressed only for the situation that we're currently in. And the question is, is the government going to allow the situation to improve? Right? Because you start to look at things like um, different options. And granted, I'm not an expert on all the different types of internet delivery that's been out there in the past. I know that people have messed with power over or... uh, internet over power, obviously wireless, as we've talked about in terms of cell phones, etc. But you look at all those things, and all of those things have the hand of government involved in terms of spectrum use, uh, in terms of regulations about where I can lay lines on poles, etc. So it really begs the question, yes, there's currently one ISP. Maybe we need to treat it, maybe, or that's the argument at least, like a utility,
0: But are we going to
2: be allowed to see other competitors come into the market?
0: Well, and I think what's, I think the hard part is with utilities, it doesn't make sense to have five sets of power poles or a bunch of sets of coaxial lines, right? So, but then you see Google Fiber come into places and they're just laying their own line or there's some dark line, you know, dark line is dark fiber, dark fiber, which is line that's been ran by that municipality. Actually, someone can light it up. Google stopped.
1: They stopped. They stopped. They cut it. They went, no, 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 because they realized how expensive it was to dig holes.
2: Didn't, didn't Verizon Fios do the same thing, or are they still developing?
0: Uh, I, I know that they did a lot in Southern California. and that, that used to kind of be the big player in SoCal, and I don't believe it is anymore. I think probably one of the bigger ones is going to be Comcast, um, or now Charter Spectrum Time Warner after they moved. So. I know down in LA a lot of now it's all charter time Warner um, and then we've got two providers in Santa Barbara Cox and Comcast.
1: It just depends on where you live where you get to.
0: Right, and 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 even that sometimes your only competitor is going to be AT&T Uverse because you've got telephone line and then you can go the DSL route.
1: My problem is is that when they when they're explaining net neutrality to the people is that they're Acting as though there's no consumer protection laws whatsoever. They're they're acting like the ISPs are gonna rape everybody and just take their money and give them nothing for their for their services. That's not how it works.
0: Well, I I think it's hard because I this is where I'm on that fence because I don't know how you keep a monopoly in check. I don't know how you prevent them from not raping and pillaging the people. And I think a lot of people feel they are already are being handled like that, especially when you have. I'm spoiled. I have an old grandfathered unlimited data plan on my cell phone. A lot of people still pay ten bucks a gig over that.
1: Man, you must be old. <laughs>
0: I have a sixty-dollar plan on a Wi-Fi hotspot. That's all it is. It's a dedicated hotspot. I get five gigs and I have to pay ten bucks a gig over that. I'm already paying sixty dollars. Sixty dollars. It's just about as much as I pay for my residential line with no data cap. So you wonder where is the end because people will have to pay because people are not going to go without the internet I, and you don't have a
2: choice. I that, That's, it's really hard to think about this beyond just simple market dynamics. How else are you going to lower the price then without more competition? Right I, I, now, I, Obviously, that gets into the issues as to why there hasn't been competition so far. And well, because you that,
0: wondered, did the government create their own, the own their correct, own problem? Correct. Right, and so that's I think where we struggle as free market supporters is that normally the market would keep this in check, but it's not because there's a monopoly, and is the monopoly a result of the government's doing? And now the government needs to intervene because of what it's set up.
1: Well, my least favorite senator in the state, uh, the state of California brought this and authored this bill, and it's Scott Wiener. Now, for those of you who don't know who that is, that is the man who decided he would decriminalize uh, making it a felony for people to infect other people with HIV-AIDS. That's our favorite. Which blows my mind. It blows my mind. Uh, I don't know how I get... And it's not accidental. It's knowingly. It's knowingly. If you've ever seen a picture of this guy, and I know you're going to look him up right now if you ever seen a picture of this guy this guy looks like he needs a punch in the face i mean he walks down the street and, and you go all right this guy got bullied in, in in school and now he's taking us all to uh, uh he's whipping us all with his stupid uh, assembly bills next up we're going to talk a little bit about how california is picking and choosing the dumbest things to waste our time with and they've decided that banning plastic straws is the most important thing we can be talking about in this state.
2: Yeah, let me, let me read you a little, just a, a brief blurb statistic behind the, uh, the the ban that advanced in the state assembly. The proposed law, AB 1884, is intended to reduce the number of straws that end up on the beach and in the ocean, as well as in landfills. The official tally of the Democrat-backed bill show it passed by it passed in a 49 to 25 party-line vote, with four members not casting votes. So, it, it, essentially, going by going along the lines of the heavily Democratic-run
1: state assembly, they're just looking for an excuse to ban all plastics. Let's just be be honest with this. They, they just look at it all and go, "Man, we could be so much better stewards of the environment." if we just ban plastic altogether and what horrible, horrible people we have in this nation because they use plastic straws. I mean, you're just as bad as Hitler.
0: I think what's funny is, uh, where I get my hair cut, I was talking to the person that cuts my hair and she was saying that at the restaurant she also works at, they've gone to being a ocean friendly restaurant. They are on the water. So they, they uh, replaced their plastic straws with paper ones. She's gotten like an equal amount of complaints. Those who think it's stupid and think it's the restaurant that just is doing that. And then those that think it's awesome. And that's why they went there because they're an ocean friendly quote unquote. There's some Santa Barbara. I don't want to call it certified, but there's some like you can promote yourself as an ocean friendly or something like that restaurant. And so she goes, I've seen it both ways now where people are complaining and then they're leaving like bad Yelp reviews or they love it and they're leaving good Yelp reviews. <laughs> and it's not that really the businesses, businesses have a whole lot of choice in the matter.
1: I'm going to, I know you got some things that are in the same realm of it, but over in, in Japan, they, everybody uses chopsticks. Okay. Really? That's what everybody does. A cultural thing. So, unfortunately, whenever everybody goes out to eat, they have a new set of chopsticks. Well, that's a lot of wood. A lot of wood. So, a lot of people have decided they're going to use their own chopsticks and bring them with them on their own trips. Or the restaurant provides clean uh, chopsticks to use. And that's not so crazy, given the fact that we use forks and knives just as easily we go oh yeah they cleaned it for us so we're going to use it for it we're going to use that fork and knife now some people are a little crazy and they bring their own utensils but that's on a case-by-case matter
0: it is interesting because you think of we are accustomed to just getting cleaned utensils mm-hmm. but most sushi joints or uh you know chinese food something like that you always usually get wooden disposable chopsticks and i have to believe at a certain point there's a net loss like uh, probably the initial investment for nice quality, reusable uh, chopsticks is expensive up front, but buying disposable ones can't be good.
2: Yeah. uh, Bobby, you mentioned other countries and what strikes me is really funny about this. And, and there's going to be a lot of argument, I think about what I'm about to say because people are still going to say, well, it still matters. But when you look at the usage, of plastic waste in, in general in the United States relative to under other countries, it's a complete joke. And it could, you could easily make the argument that even if we do all this, even if we cleaned up our act completely, it doesn't really matter relative to other countries. I found in, uh, in a journal called Science, there was a, uh, a study back in February of 2015 called Plastic Waste Inputs from Land into the Ocean. As some people out there might have guessed, China ranks number one. They use roughly 2.4 million metric tons per year of plastic marine debris. Uh, So so they end up into the the ocean, they end up putting 2.4 million metric tons of plastic debris. That accounts for 28% of estimated annual marine waste. The United States ranks 20th, and we put out 0.075, so about 3%. California's number obviously has to be less than 3%. Um,
1: Well, this is a matter of being responsible with your waste management. Now, now it it also falls upon the people and the personal responsibilities. If you're going to have uh, a meal and it comes in plastic, do you take the personal responsibility to throw it in the trash bin, the recycle bin, whatever bin? so that it gets taken care of properly. And when it comes to China, they have trash cities. I mean literal cities that do nothing but you dump trash in it.
2: But see you can you know where the next logical step of this is going. If you've if you listen to some of the platform points that I've read from Gavin Newsom in his uh in his governor race. He wants to make it illegal, or I should say a fine imposed, if you decide to put compost waste into the normal trash bin. So that's exactly where this is headed, is if if, if a citizen spots someone else throwing away a uh, plastic utensil somewhere where they shouldn't, there's going to be a fine. I mean, I, I, I can't see, especially in this state, how that's not the next logical step.
1: Mommy, didn't you throw it away? I'm well...
0: That's the only way to enforce it, right? I mean, right. but then what do you do? Um My trash is picked up by a private contractor. Does the private contractor find me? I mean, I guess they could, right? But then at a certain point,
1: I, I don't know. Is it logical for them to do that? Because right. uh, the man who picks up your trash is going to open it up and Waste time going, Mm, there's some glass in that uh, paper uh, bundle. I don't know. Right. I've, I think sometimes there's products people don't even know what they're
2: made out of. It's interesting because going from, we talk about a lot and use the word philosophy, but, but thinking about this from like a philosophical angle in terms of rights, and we've made the point before that I do think that government has a role When two other parties have come together in a transaction that affects a third party, right? And so you can make the argument that someone walking on the beach that sees a bunch of plastic litter is being affected not from what they did, but from what someone else who ordered something from a takeout restaurant and did something with their straw or their plastic knife or fork. That's now affecting the person who's walking on the beach. So in a really high level sense, there's probably room for something to be done. But like so many things that involve the government, it's about the execution of that solution, and is this the right one, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know if straws are the fight to pick or the hill that, to die on, That's right? true, I, right. There's probably a lot of other things you could do. I've seen, um, uh, like, there's now biodegradable uh, six-pack holders instead of the plastic rings. And they feed the turtles. They feed the turtles. Yeah. It actually, like, turns into turtle food. I think something like that's cool. I don't know if straws are the problem. I don't know if we have an abundance, an abundance of straws that are polluting the environment. I think the whole cup probably pollutes the environment. I don't think the straw is the culprit. I think when you see the straw, it's usually still in the fast food cup that someone has thrown in the ocean.
1: If I went to a restaurant and I ordered a cola, and then I said, oh, waitress, can I have a straw? And the waitress just says, well, we don't have any there it is they just don't have any, right? What am I going to do? Well, and this is something, is there a
2: California law requiring you to have a straw?
0: Well, we saw this with the drought, right? You didn't get water automatically to your table unless you specifically asked for water. Right. And it was, Oh, you know, we're in a drought, so we're not going to just give you wasted tap water. And you're like, you're not, it's like when Santa Barbara turned the fountains off, it's reclaimed water. Like you're not really doing a whole lot A uh, my uh, minuscule amount actually evaporates every day. I don't think giving people a cup of water at your table or not doing that is going to affect the drought on any major scale. I also hate paper straws. It's the dumbest thing. Trying to drink a liquid through a paper straw.
2: You can absolutely tell. <laughs> like they don't
0: make paper one. umbrellas for a reason. right? They break down. Yeah, they do. They seriously do. They break down. And if you're one of those people who gets like a large iced tea somewhere and kind of sips on it all day, your straws toast within moments. So I, I just don't, I think it's, it's, it's a dumb law and I don't think there's a great solution for it yet. Unless you were able to come up with something that was kind of like plastic, but not,
2: yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that uh, there wouldn't be glass draws, <laughs> but 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 well, to Bobby's point about waste management, right? If we're going to be, if we're going to talk about spending money as a state, and we're going to talk about trying to make the biggest impact, let's assume China was okay with working with us. Wouldn't that be a, f- a phenomenally better use of our money? Is to go help them develop and. Uh, whatever way we could with their waste management systems, that would make a bigger impact than us removing plastic straws out of the 3% that, that America is putting into the ocean every year. That, that That's where I have a disconnect in terms of with government execution. If the intent, if the real intent is to solve the problem, fine. So let's go solve a problem where there's the biggest impact. That's doesn't straws. Me. Right. In California. Damn
1: Nazis in their straws. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Are we done with straws? I'm getting tired of straws. I think so. Over. I think we're
2: on to topic three. It's a question that um, is making a little bit of news, and it's especially as the cost of this item continues to rise. The question is is a college education worth it anymore?
0: Right? I think that the. the given I, I I think the more we encouraged everybody to go to college, the more we diluted it down into something not so special. I don't think we encourage trades at all anymore. It's either college or bust. And now we've got nobody that can really put in an awesome countertop or tile or fix your car or do any of those tasks that actually, even as an apprentice pay really, really well, uh, We force everyone to go to college. They end up getting a degree in something they can't do anything with, or at least something that they can't get uh, an appropriate amount of pay for to pay off their debt. You know, if you spend a quarter million dollars becoming a physician, chances are you can make that money back and pay your loans off. But if you take out $100,000 to get a liberal arts degree, you're not going to get a job with that degree that allow you to pay off that degree.
2: If you guys don't mind, let me set the stage uh, in terms of costs so set, that we kind of have that a, mood. So, so a that we kind of have a knitted. similar uh, playing field in terms of how much this is actually costing right on average. So the balance.com, they wrote an article why a college degree is still worth it. And this is only back in March. So pretty recent. They say that in 2016 to 2017, a private college cost, about $33,000 a year and a state resident at a public college, it costs almost 10,000. Okay. So then on top of that, you got to add school supplies, books, housing, which is, let's just say that's another 15,000, right? So right there for a private school, you're, you're almost at $50,000 a year. So let's just be real generous and say in a private college, four years, let's even call it being real nice 150 dollars to $175,000, right? So the question is, using a fina- the financial concept of NPV, net present value, if I spend $150,000, $175,000 in four years, can I actually earn enough, quick enough, to have made that a, a useful investment? And I think that's the point you were going to, Louis, right? Is that for some degrees, for some vocations, yes. Right, because some vocations have the earning potential. Uh, even even if the, if the earning potential doesn't come until farther out, it's high enough that it makes those expenditures now worth it. But there are so many jobs. The, what, the other statistic from thebalance.com, dot with a four, those with a four year college degree earn a median weekly salary of about eleven hundred bucks. Right, so what is that forty forty five thousand dollars a year.
0: Well, and it's compounding because the bachelor degree has become the new high school diploma, right? So now you have even more people who don't, still don't know what they want to do going to grad school and getting their master's. And that's become the new baseline for a lot of places. I think, I think what makes college so expensive, and we've discussed this off air, is the fact that you can get a FAFSA loan to subsidize it. If you couldn't find this money anywhere, college would not be that expensive. But the fact that you can go get a FAFSA loan with, anybody can, uh, way more people get FAFSA than, say, you know, Pell Grants or things like that. The fact that I can get the government to finance this for me and carry a note allows me to do it. And I know from my own experience, getting a FAFSA loan for grad school, that I was approved for probably three times the amount I even needed. And when you're a dumb college kid or new to it, Mm -hmm. you take all that $40,000 you're being approved for, even though it's only going to cost you say 10 grand to go to a state school and still live at your parents' house. And now you've racked up, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in debt for what was really 40 grand in tuition. And you have
1: zero to show for it. I want to tell you, um, when back when I was working for Hansel and Hansel, uh, we, we came out with a rule for hiring our new employees and just for our call center that we, that we have, we required a four year college degree. This is the call center, the yes. Welcome to Hansel and Hansel. How may I help you that it's, it's a testament to now, how-, how much were they earning an hour? oh my goodness, they were probably making maybe $2 more than minimum wage at the time, whatever it was. I mean, yeah. I
2: I hate to bring it back to Econ 101, right? But it's a scarcity issue. To your point, a college degree, in a general sense, forget specific majors and vocation training, a, a college degree is no longer as scarce, right? And so when a good or service is not scarce, the price
1: of it, or, or, or yeah, the, the, the value of it drops. Right. Well, even today, I work for a tech company these days, and every time we get a new employee, I always ask them, oh, you went to the university here? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, what did you study in? Oh, okay. So in your studies, how did that prepare you for the job you do now? G-
2: give me an example. What are some of the,
1: the, the major types? It's the same bull crap that you always know. It's a social uh, social program that they're doing. Uh, they learned uh, some kind of liberal studies. They they learned uh, uh, Latino studies, uh, uh, art history. They learned all these kind of weird philosophy and and psychology bachelors, all of which you can do nothing with until you get at least beyond the master's, or if not a whole doctorate. And so when the only thing that they're proving is that they're teachable that's the only thing that they're proving now they might land some wonderful internship but essentially they're not uh they're not earning back the amount that they're spending for that degree and that degree is bunk i have good friends who actually have degrees in music and and they're and they're doing wonderful things but they could have learned on-the-job training for whatever it was that they're doing now.
2: I think Mike Mike Rowe. People out there probably know him, right? As the the former host of Dirty Jobs. I'm, right. not, I'm not sure it's still on, but he's a real big one on this, right? He he does a lot of speeches and talks about vocational training. That, that that the magic for your degree, depending on what you want to do, isn't worth it. He he has a great quote. It says, "Government gives money it doesn't have to kids who can't pay it back." to be trained for jobs that don't exist. And I think that kind of in some way sums up what we're talking about in terms of, is this actually necessary for a lot of the jobs and quote unquote training that people are getting in a four-year degree?
1: It it comes to the um, liberal arts uh, bachelor's degree, where they want to train you in something relevant, computer science, uh, engineering, what have you but you have to have a well-rounded education. Well, that's great in principle, and it'll prepare you for something, some down the line, I don't know what. But essentially, that's just wasted time that you can learn things on your own time.
2: I'm not going to lie. So I was a a STEM major, Uh, right? And we had to take, there was some class uh, that... health, I, I even forget the name of it, and it was the biggest joke, with all due respect. I mean, I took it with a buddy, half the time we were looking at each
1: other, rolling our eyes, it, it made no sense whatsoever. But I can tell even the professors, even when I went back in college, of these joke classes that only fulfilled the requirements that's only why we took it we had the, to check a box mm-hmm.
2: for 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 the overall graduation requirement and this particular class fell under section i
1: don't know 2b life or sciences right. or whatever it right. was right and so you you had to you had to sign up for this class and the professor was oh whatever homeworks are due this day and,
2: uh. and no and to your point i think correct me if i'm wrong but the point you're making is i i paid just as much for that class as i did one of my core stem classes that's right, right?
1: Right. Yeah, you did engineering. Right. No way is in the same league as thermodynamics
2: was. For for what I ended up doing, absolutely not. Now, again, I, I I don't know what everyone's desire major specialty is. And there were probably students in my class who that was specifically for their major. Fine. It wasn't for mine. It absolutely provided no extra value whatsoever.
0: The, the other night I saw this clip, uh, Mike Rowe was on Tucker Carlson. So you kind of made me think about this. I didn't realize that he's got a scholarship. Oh, uh, well, that's yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, it's called the Work Ethics Scholarship Program. Basically, uh, you get money to go into a trained or skilled job that's in demand. Uh, the problem is there's requirements. And he said, he was saying on Tucker that, they're having such a problem finding recipients like they can't find enough recipients to give free money to
2: because of these requirements they
0: have requirements and people won't do it. So the first one is the sweat pledge. Sweat is an uh, it's an acronym. You must be signed by all applicants uh, must be signed by. sweat stands for skill and work ethic aren't taboo. Basically, you're signing a solemn oath not to become a lazy, self-entitled drone who blames others for their troubles and expects to be taken care of. The next requirement is that they'll need to see two solid references. Your parents don't count, like real references. Then you'll need to write an essay and answer a few short questions. Your essay is a chance to make the case for why you should get some of the free money. Uh, the next requirement is uh, that while they don't require your attendance records, they help because showing up means a lot. So if you can give them some attendance records and then the fifth is you'll need to make a video of yourself. Uh, consider it the audiovisual version of your essay. They're not talking about a Spe- a Spielberg feature film, just a short iPhone video where you make a case for yourself. And the bottom line is, if you do all that, they'll give you a bunch of free money
2: to go get trained for a specific vocation. Correct.
0: And he was saying that it's been impossible to find applicants who will actually write an essay or who actually have a reference of some sort or who will take the pledge and not be a lazy bum.
2: But they've got no problem filling out a FAFSA application to get four times the amount of money that they actually need to then go drink a bunch of six-packs. And...
0: Right, because that's just a box check. You just check
1: as and noes. Perfect. This This all comes from the California master plan for higher education. And they honestly named it that. Yeah. That, that, the <laughs> name,
2: the name alone is a little shaky.
1: Uh, essentially the, they had plan to make sure everybody who wants to go can go to college. And the way they segmented it out, and this was a while back ago, this, um, the top one eighth of the graduating high school seniors would be guaranteed a place at the campus of the University of California, so the UC system, so the Berkeley, UCLA, and so on and so forth. Uh, and th- they're attempting to make this tuition-free. So if you graduated high enough, you could go to these universities. doesn't necessarily mean that you want to go. In fact, if you're in the top eighth of the system, you might be eligible for a privatized uh, college.
0: Real quick aside, do either of you guys know if there are other states that have two public university systems?
1: I don't know that.
2: No, because I think in New York, right, it's sunny State
1: University in New York. Well, see, that's the thing, is that because of the master plan, they've segmented it. Segmented it. So the top 12.5% goes to the UC system, while the next... 33% goes to the Cal state system. So if you're in the Cal state system already, that automatically deems you dumber. Yeah.
0: Which we're all state school kids. So <laughs> I, it's a
2: lot of dumbness
0: at this table. Yeah, right a ton of dumbness. Dumb and dumber. I, we're the dumbiest. Uh, the, I think that what's funny though, is if you've gone to a Cal state, especially if you've gone for grad school, there's a real blurring of the lines these days between the UCs and the Cal States because the big defining point used to be that the, the UCs were research institutions. You can get PhDs at UCs, you can't get doctorates at a, the Cal State. But the only thing preventing the Cal States from doing is the fact that they're not allowed to do it because they certainly have the uh, they have the educational staff to make it happen. They're just not given the funding or They're not allowed to do it, you know, because at that point you'd be putting the UC under or giving them a different kind of competition.
1: We're we're spending a whole lot of money on this system, and I don't see the value in return of what we're doing here. Uh, Yes, we're graduating doctors, but at the same time, we're we're losing a, a fight to debt and it's the biggest issue that was not spoken in the last presidential election. The amount of debt of student debt that is hurting America and is causing a lot of angst amongst the population.
2: Yeah. I read in USA today that since 1978 college tuition has increased by over 1,100%, where food has increased by 244%. Since what year? 1978. Wow. This obviously means we're
1: better at farming.
2: Right. Um, It's no coincidence, right, that those areas, uh, medical care, uh, education, those areas that have a heavy influence of government support and intervention are growing the fastest and so it's just the downward it it just strikes me like it's a compounding problem right the more they get into it the more this the the cost is going to increase and the more debt that's going to be created
0: right and i you know the elephant in the room is that our educational centers are indoctrination centers yeah there's a whole there's a whole political there's a whole political discussion
1: on it right and well, it's straight up Marxism, but continue.
0: Yeah. it. So it doesn't strike me as odd that the government wants to continue funding it. Interesting. It, it yeah. doesn't. Uh, it, there's an interesting correlation between college-level kids that graduate and what their, say, political ideation is, and then when you get older, what that becomes. And it's almost like once you get into the real world and you have to pay taxes and everything else, you tend to get more conservative. In school, it's great. You can be more liberal. But what ends up happening is when you grow up, you kind of wise up a little bit and you realize that you have to take some responsibility because the world's going to leave you behind. What's interesting about uh, these days, well, (laughs) depending on how net neutrality is, at some point somebody's going to figure out how to... Get college credits for YouTube videos. You know, <laughs> it does. It does. It's true, because the, the only thing the universities and Jordan Peterson makes this great point. The only thing universities have left for themselves are the humanities, because all the STEM stuff you can get on the job training for. It seems like a big,
2: uh, a big holdout here, right? Is uh, corporations, uh, employers, right? Let's just get em- employers in general. And the value that they are placing on you having checked the box of having gone to a name, what, what, whatever name, I, I don't mean like a top 10 school. I just mean right. a, an establishment uh buildings, et cetera. And it would strike me that I'm not sure what the dominoes will be, but once employers over time start shifting away from that requirement, there's, this is going to be a much different discussion.
0: Exactly. Cause I, I don't, I think you can get a lot out of universities if you put the time and effort in. I think you can also skate if you chose to skate, you know, especially in your undergrad years. I think you can totally box check if you want. If you really want to learn some stuff, you can do that too. And, and, but the problem is me and you come out with the same paper. And right. it's, a, exactly. it, it's impossible to distinguish between the guy who really like learned a lot from university and the guy who didn't until you actually hired them and see how they can perform.
1: Too often, I ask the the recently graduated uh, co-workers that I have, and I go, did you learn more from an internship or from school? That's a good question. And every single time they say the internship, they learn by doing. For sure. They learned it by doing. It means that they're... That their uh, that their college is almost utterly pointless. I I just don't see the value in it anymore.
2: And with that, I think we're going to have to move on to our James Woods segment. So now it's time for the James Woods
1: tweet of the week. We need a we need a yeah we need some we need of, some some music that plays maybe a and clip and from his <laughs> movie or something
2: like that. So on. June third, twenty eighteen, at five forty four PM, James Woods responded to a tweet by Uncle Bernie. Bernie Sanders. <laughs> oh, so Bernie Sanders says thirty thousand dollars the cost to send a California student to UCLA. Seventy-five thousand dollars the cost to send someone to prison in California. Dot dot dot. James Woods says, Aren't you in prison yet for that bank fraud thingy? I'll pay the seventy-five thousand a year for that myself. <laughs>
1: And with that note, we call it a week.
2: Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week.